When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. I'm not, no other reasons at all. None <laughs> at all. Whatever. So every, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it, more or less. Or explain it's deceptive feminism. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. <laughs> and I'm the funny one. <laughs> Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... The interview series presented by WFPK, Independent Louisville, at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Big thanks and a hello to the subscribers. I appreciate you all checking out the show every single week, the show, uh, every multiple episode that we put out here. In fact, we have uh, new interviews going out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So thanks for listening to all of those and all the comments that you all have sent through the various channels, uh, whether it's uh, Podcast World or over at the YouTube comment box. I always appreciate hearing uh, what you liked about the interview and the questions or, or whatever. It, even, even the ones of you who are like, hey, Kyle, stop talking as much. Uh, I like hearing that as well because at least I know you're listening. <laughs> if you're not a subscriber, uh, become one of those people, either that tell me to shut up or that says, hey, thanks for doing the interview. Become one of those people by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now, whether that is uh, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, Podchaser. Just type in Kyle Meredith with in your preferred podcasting destination and we'll take care of the rest. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm talking with the naked and famous Alyssa and Tom. They are back. And as the story goes, they're, they're sort of back as a duo, and they'll tell you it's how the band started, but through the various variations they've been through through the years, they are now back to a duo to set up a new album called Recover. So it not only begins a new chapter for the band, but a bit of a new sound, too. They furthered what you know them as the indie pop band. They've taken it further, and we're going to talk about all of that what it means in this new variation, the uh, the co-writing that they've involved with this process, and how they decided on their direction. It wasn't without trial and error, as they'll tell you. And we'll also get into the deeper meanings. Uh, Recover is the album title. There's also a title track, and it speaks to a lot. It speaks to them personally. It also kind of speaks to the band as a whole. So we'll get the story behind all of that. The difficulty of keeping a band together 
and as it's been said in press releases, uh, recovering their artistic vessel. It's also a record that curiously weaves death with love in songs like Death, in songs like Bury Us, and specifically in a song like Anesthetic, which recounts a near-death experience. We'll also have a little fun with song titles like Come As You Are. Sure, you can put the uh, pieces together for that one. And if you're a fan of cute dogs, and I know you are, we have one that plays a, a very strong role in the lead single with uh, Sunseeker. Now, 2020 also marks the 10th anniversary of the Naked and Famous first record, Passive Me, Aggressive You. It's a record that meant a lot at the time. It still means a lot to a lot of people. And I want to know how much it means to Alyssa and Tom today. With a new album to tour, will they be celebrating this one? So all that and more, let's jump into it. Talking about the new album, Recover, it's Kyle Meredith with The Naked and Famous. Yeah, nice to meet you over the phone. Over the phone. I've absolutely loved hearing this new record, Recover. Uh, it's such a fun album. You know, congratulations. I know it was an easy road to get here, uh, from the sound of it at least. So, uh, you know, major props to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, we're congratulating ourselves that we even made it to this point. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. It's very fine of you to say. Uh, l- let's get some of that backstory that, you know, we're kind of alluding to right here. Uh, because as the story goes, you, you are now a duo. I mean, you- you've had, uh, you know, the various... Um, different uh, styles and and, and, uh, amount of members in the band, I guess. What are the biggest differences in your state of being at this point? Yeah, well, um, thanks for asking. Well, we actually started as a duo, at least when I met in 2006, and we began making music, just the two of us. So our first two EPs, they were called This Machine and No Light. They're they're like available on Spotify and iTunes. That was really just us as a duo. And we brought in a live band to, to you know, make it, a, make it a full thing. But we didn't really have permanent members um, until we began writing the album. So The Naked and Famous always has been a duo as far as the creative. It's always been Elisa and I as the songwriters. But the bands that we had obviously helped us produce the music and develop, like, you know, a, a slightly rockier, uh, more indie alternative kind of sound. And, um, and I guess back in, in our process, when we when we were just figuring things out, navigating, writing, playing live, the band members really helped us inform how we ended up finishing a lot of the songs on the early, early work. Yeah, so, and it was so vital to, like, playing games yeah, and yeah. all that. But now that, it's funny because now that we're, like, an established act and we've been doing this for 10-plus years, the idea of us being a duo, it doesn't feel any different for us because we're still going to go and do all the same things, like play a live show, and, and it's not none of yeah. that none of that stuff like daunting to us anymore. Whereas back in the day, it was like, how how do you be a cool indie act without having a full band? Yeah, and like how how are all these um, moving parts and these songs going to be playable? Because we didn't put anything on track. And yeah, in the modern world of like live touring, people have playback guys now. They have so much stuff on track. Like nobody really cares. Nobody yeah. really knows. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's being played and what's not being played. So. Kind of those, those, those like old sort of like ideas of authenticity that we like clung to back <laughs> in the day. We we have like finally just given up on them and like gotten with the rest of the world. <laughs> I think we've gone to the point where we've gone like, yeah, we've, we've proven ourselves to ourselves. Yeah. We can do it, but let's just make it easier. So uh, back to your question. <laughs> yeah, there have, there have been, there were a few revolving like band members and then we settled in and, on the first record with Jesse and David and Aaron is actually he was actually there from day one because Tom and Aaron they were doing the engineering live engineering course where I met them at music college 
And so he was actually always helping us out. And he didn't actually join the band until the first record. But on the first two EPs, he was, like, engineering and helping us record. And I want to say that, like, it's, it's been more of a personal change than, like, something that's had an effect on us as artists. Or do you know what I mean? Like, like having band members leave is like having your friends, like, leave the country or something. It's, it's affected, affected us on a deeply personal level where it, it kind of signified the end of something, an end of an era. It was like the end of our you know, our, our personal story. But as far as, like, being a fan of The Naked and Famous, it hasn't changed what we are. And, and you know, I don't I wanna, don't want to sound like um, someone who's trying to post hoc rationalize Sweet Lemons. You know that, mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. Like, sweet, you know, Sweet Lemons, Sour I'm not trying to say it's Sweet Lemons, but it really has been very creatively freeing for us to kind of throw off the shackles of, oh, this is a five-piece band. We have to sound like a five-piece band. So for us, like, producing this new album was, was really about exciting Lisa and I and thinking we want, we wanted to feel like, Oh, this feels fresh for us. This feels new for the negative famous. This feels exciting. This isn't like, we're not just exploring the same old sonic territory. So yeah, in that, in that way it was actually revitalizing and probably really, really essential for us to keep going. It's not easy to keep a band together in, in any state. And especially, I mean, you all are over 10 years old now, technically, I think. And yeah, so I don't yeah. think that's, yeah. you know, to keep, to keep that, you know, there are very few bands that uh, come out unscathed with all original members. I think I can only name one or two off the top of my head. So, you know, I don't think. Uh... Yeah. yeah right. Well, I, I recently watched Falls released a documentary about, you know, which gives some insight into what it's like being in a band. And also Coldplay released an awesome documentary as well. Kind of like just like uh, just old footage spanning the entirety of their career. And I'm just like sitting there watching and just going, yeah, it's really, really fucking tough being in a band. There's so many personalities to juggle. There's so many things that you have to accommodate for each other. And I'm just like, wow, I can't believe all the years we've just kind of like got through all of the hardest parts of our career together. And like, yeah, I look back and I'm like, that was so boring. I I almost like black out and like can't remember how I got through it all. You know, (laughs) it's just so strange to me. And I'm like, oh, maybe I just can't remember because I I had to block it out as a coping mechanism or whatever. But um, yeah, being in a band is one of the hardest things to maintain, and it's it's crazy that we get to do this and we get to still be a band after all the changes that we've gone through. You, you t- kind of mentioned it sounded like you know chapter closing, you know that that opportunity. Was the last release a still hard? Did, did, did that allow you to kind of close that chapter? Can that, you know, compilation kind of be seen in that way? Like, okay, let's let's round it all up. Let's do something special so we can move on. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's, that's totally what we did. It was, it was like a transitional thing for Elisa and I because we were feeling like we didn't know what the next step was. And to be honest, we probably put too much, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I feel this way. We put too much effort into it, <laughs> you know, like we could, it was, at first it was just like, let's do a strip recording or something. And then, you know, getting to conceptual, I was like, no, we have to do everything and we have to do the whole album <laughs> and like almost make it, almost make a greatest hits and showcase the songs in a different light and like make a point about the fact that our songs are, you know, they, they translate at the core of them. Anyway, so, so, but, but I, I do feel like it took up a lot of time, but you know, it was like a difficult thing to do, but also a necessary thing to do. I don't know. I, I feel really proud of the way that album sounds. I'm not sure that it was like career-wise if it felt as necessary by the time we got to the end of it, but I'm happy it's out there. 
I feel grateful it's out there. Out there. So then moving on, so we get now to recover. And you can hear the Naked and Famous. I mean, obviously the DNA is there, but you talked about pushing forward, and it does seem like there's a new direction peeking its head out here, whether it's leaning more or towards the electronics. But but what was the idea? What, where did you all land that said, okay, this is the path forward? Well, basically Tom and I, we had continued writing. I feel like we kind of wrote a record before we wrote um, recover and I threw a real spanner in the works because I remember just listening back to our demos. You know, these these aren't evolved enough for us. Like, what do people want to hear in 2020 from the naked and famous? And I just said to Tom, I was like, super super straightforward. I was like, look, if we're gonna make another record, it can't sound like an offcut. I'm like, if you want to make another record like Simple Bomb, I don't want to make one at all. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like was the catalyst for our work is uh, unbreaking of of what we are used to and how we are used to creating. And so we were thinking like, okay, wow, we have like kind of default setting when we write write together, you know, we both use the same neural pathways when we create together, we need to do something new. And the easiest answer to that was, oh, we need other people in the room, new energy, new people to collaborate with. That's something we haven't really done in terms of like collaborating on production and really collaborating on songwriting. So we had our friend, a very, very old friend, um, his name's Simon Oscroft, who came in and like jumped in on some co-production and some co-writing. And we had Luna Shadows do some co-writing. And we had um, a friend called Danny Poppet who did some co-writing. So when we had our, our, our big eureka moment from those co-writing sessions was Recover. Yeah, that's like we, like Elisa said, we made we made all this music, and then we were just struggling to find a new sound, and we kind of like abandoned it all and went in blind. But and she she was coming to a session at her house. We were Simon and I were hanging out. We were waiting for her to get back. She was like getting coffee or something, and she storms into the room and she's like, "I've written this song or this this chorus." As she was driving up to the session, and she just. She jumps into the room and just sings recover like the top line without any accompaniment or anything. I was like, find the chords to this melody I'm hearing in my head. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was <laughs> awesome. And like Simon and I were just like, whoa. So we jumped, immediately jumped on her. She has this glorious grand piano in her living room. Um, we grabbed, jumped on the piano and, and had the guitar. And then we recorded what the song that she sang. And, and the way that we produced the song was so fun because we recorded that version first, like, you know, the sort of folky, almost singer-songwriter version, and then use that to then develop this more electronic version. So when you hear the song and it begins with that that sort of like almost Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zero sounding intro, yeah, that's actually that, that was actually the first version of the song. Did you all realize the bigger implications uh, of, I guess, the, the lyrics and the themes of that song really early on? Because obviously, as a title track, I think it speaks to a lot that sounds very personal, but even as a title, it, you know, it is the perfect sentiment for what it sounds like you all are going through. Oh, 100%, yeah. 100%. I mean, my headspace that year, I, I've, I've spoken about this before, but I often think about my mother when I'm creating, when I'm when I'm having a really tough time because, you know, when you when you're going through tough times, people usually have their parents to call, you know, for advice or for some kind of comfort or just to vent and there are so many milestones in my life where I wish I had that and the kind of grief that comes with that 
there's not, no, nothing and no one who can really, like, get you out of it. You know, you're the only person who can, like, essentially, like, regain and recover yourself. So that was the spirit of where the inspiration came from. And to further that universally, like, yeah, it, it really does speak to the moment of time that we were living um, writing this record because Tom and I were just going through so many changes with our creative process. We were really head to head and, like, there was literally nothing and no one who could try and help and fix it. Like, we had ourselves to blame. We were the only ones who had the power to make things better. We had to um, just regain a sense of decorum and move forward. So, yeah, Recover is a very, very special song. And, and I think that message is something that everyone can relate to. You know, I had friends go through breakups who stayed at my house and and I, I was there to support them, but essentially at the end of the day, like, you are the only person responsible for your own happiness and your own self-esteem, and, you know, there's no one that can do that for you except, except yourself. So that's kind of, kind of like where the root of the message of the song comes from. It sounds like relationships and, and, and the various stages play a big part in, you know, kind of threads throughout this record. I mean, I even you know, pull out a few other songs like um, the title Death jumps out at me. But when I listen to it, I think I, I think this might be a love song, actually. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's, Very it's, sweet. Thank you. It yeah, is. that was the idea. Um, I love that song. Um, the story behind it is really funny. Well, actually, not funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it, it, it is what you hear. It's like, a, yeah, it's like a love song. But um, that, that one line, the, the, the line that I think it came from was just the, we both liked the idea of a checkered kitchen floor and dying by the ocean side. Maybe there's nothing more. That was, that was like where the song started from. I don't know. I just, that was, that was one where I was, I kind of thought I wanted to just be risky and like write a really sincere song. But also like when we were, when we rocked up to the studio that day and we were deciding to write a song for Tom, it's like, Tom, you need to write about your near death experience. Oh yeah. Like that was, I'm like, that is such a like that was such a crazy time and you haven't you haven't you've never written about it like let's write about it yeah so there, there was like two tr- those, those two tracks like death is kind of the sentiment that you know it's a mortality song so I really like it and it's got a um it's like an afterthought to anesthetic which is the song Lisa's talking about anesthetic is like a song about I, I I nearly died from septic poisoning and ended up in hospital from uh, I got food like a severe case of food poisoning that became septic, so it became blood poisoning. And then I uh, yeah got rushed to hospital and was there for two days. Got out of the hospital and flew up to um, Bottle Rock and played a show. Wow. We were we were on a festival. It was, it was pretty gnarly, but um, yeah, it kind of scarred me for for a minute. I didn't go back to the uh, to the restaurant that I ate from for a long time. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that was my first proper. Brushes death, and it sounds it sounds like kind of ridiculous, like nearly dying from food poisoning. But I didn't die. From, I nearly, I didn't nearly die from food poisoning. I nearly died from septic blood poisoning. Mm-hmm. And I found out that one in every three cases ends in death. Or there's like it was like later that month that I saw this billboard on the street and it said that it was like one in three cases of of sepsis gets misdiagnosed in a hospital and people die all the time. So yeah, it was it was horrific. It was pretty scary. But um, and if it wasn't for Tom partner he wouldn't have made it to bottle rock <laughs> and he wouldn't have made it to the hospital actually yeah wow. so, so to be able to was something that i felt like yeah we needed to write about yeah 
Well, then you know to, to get that you know first song over, but but then to take that you know song and and further stretch that out in death. And you know, I, I was thinking like. There's a lot of ways to write a love song. Uh, I don't think that one's tackled very often. You know, I, I can kind of see like, um, oh, maybe something like Death Cab's "I Will Follow You Into the Dark." You know, but but that sort of way around, you know, saying that like that's that's not a, a common way to do it, which is a nice trick to pull out there. Thank <laughs> you. And, and further on through the record, I mean, that comes up in the second single as well. Not death, obviously, but various. Well, I guess technically it's in the title there. <laughs> maybe a little bit with death too, but. But that that also is sort of speaking yeah. about those stages, right? Yeah, exactly. Death is all over this record, I guess. <laughs> Death is definitely, again, like a, a love song tackled from a different perspective, though. Um, it's like a beginning of relationship love song. It's about the taking a risk if you're feeling damaged or feeling hesitant. You know, it's it's, it's about it's about it's about the idea of the ideas behind commitments and you know avoiding those com- potential commitments. So it's an encouragement song, really. It's like kind of cerebral, but it is it is actually just a, an encouraging love song. I think when we write love songs, we try not to be so plain about it. I think we try and write about the sides of love that are more complicated or more interesting or more... Um, it depends, really. Yeah, I, I, it's, you know, we're not usually saying... I, I think we try not to say anything cliched about love. I think we try and write about parts that people don't often write about. But I guess that's alternative music in general, you know, digging deeper into the into uh, ideas and emotions. Well, at least for that one, yeah. I mean, that's what I hope to get out of alternative music. I can say that uh, regardless of the genre, there, there's um, there's a lot of artists still writing, hey, baby, I love you, in the, in the same way over and over. So if you can find a way to get around that, that's that's I feel like that's a big mountain, a bigger mountain than I think people uh, give credit for. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it's, uh, yeah, it, I feel the same as you. Like that's why I like alternative music. So exactly what you what you just said is that I, I I'm ho- I'm always hoping to get something more out of it, something more interesting, something a little broader in uh, topic or meaning or scope of insight and interest. And I I do like pop music, but I'm I'm really turned off by stupid sentiments and songs. You know, I, I find it really difficult to look past something if it's like. Well, different, you know, different songs serve different needs, and if you're feeling a bit silly and, and <laughs> yeah, you're freaky, so. then you can like, put on put on one of those songs. But if you're feeling a little bit like yeah. sentimental and thought and deep deep in thought, then you'd probably listen to something else. And I'll also bring up another one real quick, just out of curiosity. Uh, Come as you are. That's a very famous title to also have your song as. And, and I, right. I, I thought I thought that had to have occurred at some point in the process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know. That's totally fine because I just found out recently that "Come as You Are" is like totally ripped from another. Absolutely, um, 80, song. the eighties yeah. song from uh, Killing Joke, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I found that out. I was like, "Oh, that's fine. I don't care." If anyone makes a connection to us in Nirvana, I'll be like, "Yeah, well, have you made a connection to the Killing Joke?" <laughs> um, so, but you know what? That's a really cool point that you that you brought up because I like that. I like thoughtful referencing of other artists, and you know, our band name, The Naked and Famous is, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a, a distorted line from a Tricky song. That mm-hmm. the, his track, Tricky Kid, you know, he says, everybody wants to be just like me. I'm naked and famous. We became the naked and famous. And I thought that was just really cool to reference someone or something that was important to you or inspiring. And I, I, I don't think that people probably draw any connection between us and Tricky from a listen and our music. And I think that's cool in itself as well. It's not obvious. But, yeah, I, I like that. I like artists referencing interesting things. I think most of my favorite bands do that within their own songs uh, quite a lot. You know, 
whether it's you know the grades who will use one specific name when they're talking about you know someone uh, long lost love or something or if they're specifically referencing other lines i mean it, it's it, it makes listening it puts that extra level on there almost like a little you know uh, a puzzle that you didn't see coming your way yeah so exactly the more of that uh, the better yeah yeah and, and the last one, because because it seems like a fun story too. The the, the first single, Sunseeker. Uh, I read that that has, that's about a dog in a way. Is that right? Yes, it is. She's sitting right next to us. Um, I started dating this lovely guy who had a dog and was still together. And uh, we lived together. And Ginger is the dog's name. She is like such a treasure. Everybody loves her. She's. In every single writing session, she's just always there. And um, I always I always feel her absence when she's not around. But the morning that we had the write, a writing session with um, Luna Shadows came and Tom and Sam, we were all sitting around the dining room table. I went outside and just standing at the front door, walking out into the garden, and Ginger was just sitting in the patch of sun, just, you know, soaking it up. She turns her head up to the sky and her nose, you can just see her nose moving, just sniffing. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to write about today? I was just thinking, what are we going to write about today? And I always called Ginger um, my little sun seeker. So I was looking at her and I was thinking about the word sun seeker and I just walked into the room. And, I know what we're writing about today. The word is sun seeker. Let's go on the studio and talk about it. And so that's kind of how, how that song came about. It's a fantastic song. And it was a great introduction to kind of this whole thing, too. I mean, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, an introduction or even a reintroduction, uh, I, I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel like this record just has a lot of optimism threaded throughout. And that's something that we just haven't uh, done before. A lot of our records are quite, like, sad and written about writing about heartbreak and and all sorts of like miserable things that you go through in your 20s but I feel like now Tom and I are just kind of more settled into who we are as people and settled into our lives a bit more and uh, I, I feel like this record is, is a reflection of that in some ways with um, the optimism that you hear in, in the music and in the lyrics. Well, I know with a, a new album out that's you know, where a lot of bands want to put to concentration, but with an, a record like Passive Me, Aggressive You having its 10th anniversary this year, do you all take that moment to celebrate, or, or do you keep the eyes on the present and the future? I'd like to take a, take a moment to celebrate that, because you know. that record changed our lives. If it wasn't for that record, we wouldn't be here. We owe a lot to that record, and, and I think it would be really great if we could celebrate it. What is that? What does that time look like for you all? Because that must have been a time of uh, of huge excitement that you usually like. For a lot of bands, you don't get to pay attention to it while you're in it. Every day is a day of work or something like that. Some variation of that. But but do you have a different perspective now that you can see it in the rear view? Yeah, I mean, I think your description of it is pretty much the way I feel about it. Like it was a time that I feel so. I feel nostalgic and sad that I wasn't able to take it in a little more. I was very naive. Like, I've, I've only just really realized now how clueless I was. And I guess this is like a sign of the times thing as well. Like, we were on the cusp of internet culture taking over music. You know, Alisa and I got to sort of, we got to experience, like, CD sales and, like, you know what I mean? Like, we worked in music retail. Um, and when we were first signed as a group, it was, I remember something, hearing a statistic, like, the market was, 80% physical still and 20% digital. You know, like that's like when we when we came on board, that was still how people consumed music and bought music. So I, I don't know, like 
it's it's interesting to see how things have changed and what has worked and what hasn't worked. I think you know I, I wish I wish I could go back and do it slightly differently because I would fo- I would focus my energies in places that mattered more. I think but, you were at your peak, your peak workaholic <laughs> kind of. You know, I, was, I, I was, but maybe in, in a lot of the wrong ways. I think I was very, like, afraid of the world and, yeah, had a chip on my shoulder and didn't realize how scared I was of everything. And I think that stopped me from, um, I think I think it stopped me from doing as much as I could. But I feel very grateful. I feel very lucky to have done what was done and experienced having a real music career. You know, just that alone is, still blows my mind. It's an obvious classic record that still sounds great today. And it's so awesome to hear how you all have progressed through the years, and especially on this new record with uh, with Recover. I, I seriously love what you've both done. So, you know, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for sticking through it, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, congratulations on Recover, and thank you both for taking the time to, uh, to talk to me about all of this today. Uh, it was a real pleasure. All right. Yeah, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. My thanks to Alyssa and Tom. The Naked and Famous, the new record, is called Recover. Big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Before you get out of here, I do hope you uh, hit the subscribe button and stick around with this. Uh, Let us give you new interviews throughout the week. It's a really fun way to keep up with your favorite artists. Again, you can subscribe in any of the uh, major podcast spots, whether that's uh, NPR.org, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even YouTube. You can subscribe over there as well. Give us a comment, rating, review, whatever you're inspired. After that, head to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews, too. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can find me on any of these social media platforms, at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Cool. Well, you have such a nice radio voice. I'm yeah, like, you oh, you've got a really nice voice. <laughs> Just natural. All natural. <laughs> it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.